and boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to Broken But Glorious. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood officer, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious, I'm Chris Lappin, I'm delighted to be joined by three-time wrestling author, Oliver Newman. Hello! <laughs> How do you this evening, Oliver? I'd be great if my team wins. <laughs> and we're also delighted to be joined by wrestling journalist and Ring of Honor expert, Stephen Jackson. Thanks for having me this evening, uh, Chris, and uh, I'm great, thank you. I'm uh, looking forward to talking some more Ring of Honor with you guys. It was great last time, so uh, let's see if we can do the same this time. Yeah, so thanks for joining us again. Um, we have a partnership <laughs> of Wrestling Resurgence, a great promotion based out of Leicester. Um, they have a upcoming show on the 31st of August, which is a double main event, where Resurgence champion Gene Money goes against Chris Brooks. It's going to be an amazing match. Yeah, will they? Yeah, and then they have an Iron Woman match between Kanji and Charlie Evans. Both two of the most underrated. Yeah. Um on yeah. Fr- on Friday we release our interview with Kanji where she promotes the event. Um, she was so lovely. Really fun to talk to. So it's a really fun interview. Um to get fifteen percent off resurgent merchandise and tickets for their upcoming shows, um use the promo code Broken Fifteen. Um the link up to the store will be in the description below this podcast. So the top five, Ring of Honor. Tag Team Champions. So we'll do a little bit of history of the title. So ROH Tag Team Championships was introduced at Unscripted in 2002, um, where ROH had a tournament to crown the first champions. At the time, ROH did not have an actual title belt, so instead presented Christopher Daniels and Donovan Morgan with tro- a trophy. Yeah, trophies, yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. So, when I took when I interviewed Drill recently, he was thinking of doing introducing tag team trophies for this is wrestling. So could be where he got the, the idea from. And the titles became World Tag Team Championships when Austin Aries and Roderick Strong defended them in in a tour of Japan for Dragon Gate. The talent and the depth of the tag team division in, in Ring of Honor has been unmatched over the years in the sport. So it's really hard to get it down to a top five. So, so but we did it. <laughs> so, it, was, num- uh, it was very hard <laughs> <laughs> so number 5 we went for Generation Next Austin Aries and Roderick Strong uh, they held the titles for 273 days winning them at ROH's final battle 2005 show in December great match I love that match with Tony Mamaluke yeah <laughs> uh, GCW great crowd as well yeah it's, uh, and those two Austin Aries and Roderick Strong their, chem- their chemistry was just Phenomenal chemistry. They just could read each other like, you know, just so like old, like those old tag team matches where you can just like the Midnight Express or something, where they're just really crisp and really good sound pro wrestlers. Yeah, and they just got the most out of their opponents and the most out of the championships. And um, they were just that was the, that was the groundwork there for Roderick Strong. Where like I mean, I know he had his singles matches in the year and he'd had some great matches against Brian Daniels and um, he had a couple of good matches for the um, 
for the pure title and he'd been in a few singles wars you might say but yeah. it was with his costing area tag team where it all came where it all came to light just how talented he actually was and how he was um what he was going to become um and it was a great that was a great great title win um and there was I didn't mean to jump in there as well. Uh, That's right. As well, I just kind of wanted to. Just That's why you're here. Out. You're the expert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a phenomenal match. Um, love, love that reign. I think it was brilliant. Uh, sort of the next level of generation next after, um, you know, the faction kind of disintegrated after um, the cage warfare match um, yeah. with the embassy. Um, so yeah, no, it was great reign. Um, Nothing to say about it. <laughs> I, I was very fortunate to be in Liverpool to see uh, Roderick Strong and Austin Aries against the Briscoes wow. in August 2006 at Unified. Uh, that. Yeah, that was a blinded match. Um, and yeah, just just echo what Stephen said really in terms of the singles match that Roderick Strong was, was having in 2005. He was part of CM Punk's uh, Summer of Punk. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, he, he had a match against Punk, didn't he? Um, yeah. In in terms of who I'd relate them to, um, kind of like the Heart Foundation, uh, yeah. because obviously Roderick Strong was kind of trained by Jimmy Anvil, Neidhart, and yeah. Austin Aries is you know could be considered like a really uh, speedy kind of. Uh, Bret Hart-esque wrestler with, with yeah. um, like a new school twist. So uh, they reminded me a lot of that really because Strong was very um, power based, even though he's uh, you know a smaller wrestler and stuff compared to uh, Nightheart. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he was always like backbreakers and stuff, and Aries is like. Uh, you know, running into the corner and kicking you in the face, <laughs> and just really being fast in the ring. So, um, yeah, the best compliment I could pay to them is at times they reminded me of the, the Heart Foundation. Yeah. Uh, that kind of style. And, yeah, fantastic title reign. Uh, brought a lot of prestige to the OX tag team titles. Um, made it a huge part of the show. You, you went to Unified and, yeah, you did want to see Brian Danielson against Nigel McGuinness. But you knew that, um, you know, Strong and Aries versus the Briscoes, uh, they'd tear it up, and they did. And it was awesome to see it live, and it came across amazing on the DVD too. So, yeah, yeah thoroughly recommend that match. But I think any match that they had during the title reign, they uh, elevated their opponents and um, showed that they were a really class team. They had a great match against, I just remembered, against David Richards and Kenta. That was a really, really mm. awesome match they had. Um, and in Chicago, I believe, I'm thinking, if my memory serves me right, I think, unless I'm getting my wires crossed, but they, um, yeah, they, they, yeah, the Heart Foundation link, you can definitely see it there. And Roderick Strong, like, you wouldn't look and think, I mean, back then as well, he wasn't as lean as he is now, so it was a bit more sort of ether. Yeah. But, um, 
he was he was so he's so so strong and lifting the you know you would a bit like the man of a thousand holes like is the you know he is the messiah one of his ring of honor dvd compilations his first one was called the messiah of the backbreaker and literally yeah. the amount of different ways he would use that backbreaker and it would look so so devastating was just incredible especially when he did them with austin aries as well like there's double teams and stuff they were just you know they're just awesome and uh yeah, they uh, they were great as well against. Um, again, I remember watching that Dragon Gate match. I saw it out over um, on YouTube, and uh, they were great against the Dragon Gate guys. Yeah, the speed and everything—it was great. Yeah, and they also. Uh... And it, and was it during this time? Sorry, Chris. Uh, was it during this time that uh, Strong fought Danielson, Stephen? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a Supercard of Honor one when he had the fifty-six minute match against one of my favorite Ring of Honor tag. Uh, World title matches at uh, Chicago and WrestleMania weekend, yeah, 2006. Yeah, I yeah. love that match. Yeah, and they 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 would reunite on Roderick Strong's debut in the NXT, and he was um, yeah, uh, Austin mystery partner for the second annual Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic um, when he defeated yeah. the Heavy Machinery. It was a great match. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's, oh. Good. it's a bit gutting that Austin Aries then got that eye injury, so he couldn't continue, but. Yeah. Okay, so in at number four we okay. have the Young Bucks. Um, some people might be surprised they're higher on the list. Matt and Nick Jackson had three reigns with the titles, um, total in nearly four hundred days. Uh, um, yeah, the first time they won it was in like an indie wet dream against Redragon. Yeah, Fish and O'Reilly. Um, amazing match. That I keep saying this amazing match. That match at the Hammerstein War of the World 2014. That is. They had a great match before that, which um, was a Raising the Bar Night 2, uh, yeah. which I'd seen before. I'd seen, sorry, I'd seen that afterwards. So I'd seen the War of the Worlds match before. I'd seen the one in Chicago, and they're both on par with each other. Wow. But the one that was Worlds with um, with Tom Lawler, I think, the UFC fighter with oh, Red Dragon yeah. in the corner, and just I love, 12 I love Tom Lawler, he's my favourite in MLW. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's, a, he's another one like Matt Riddle who just picked up from the UFC world just picked up wrestling like a you know just like the ducks of water and yeah. it just works and it's just brilliant um, and in this match as well he just worked with Red Dragon and um, they were just the, the chemistry between them again this chemistry but these two teams was just amazing and you know um, the books at this point were kind of before all the, the Bullet Club stuff they were still you know fine um, I wouldn't say finding the way, but they've been. This was their moment, basically, to show you know that they were world champions because they should have had the trigger pulled on them years before, like was years before. Just, but Ring of Honor was this did. just after they were um, Generation Me and TNA? Was, I, can't remember, I can't remember when they were. That was. Uh, it was a few years after. Um, was few, I can't remember when past, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, they've been in Ring of Honor for about two or a good two or three years before they won the titles. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I think so. If I'm getting, my, I might be getting my dates wrong. I'll just, I'll just check. Um, saying that I am the expert, I could be, could be getting my dates. No, I, 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 I just think it's quite crazy. It's a tag team that talented went two or three years in Ring of Honor, where the, the tag team division had kind of dwindled by that point. Uh, because yeah, I was actually wrong. I was getting mixed up. They did win the title. I, I saw the they won the titles at Racing the Bar Night 2, so that was the match I saw after the match at War of the Worlds where Red Dragon won them back, so I was yeah. getting mixed up. So when Red Dragon reclaimed them, so I was getting mixed up. Um, so I was kind of getting mixed up with myself. But they um, they they just, 
the skill of them and just the speed and the agility and I mean seeing them like I, I first saw them ten years ago and I remember specifically um, there was a match where we, it was really hard as well because we were originally going to do top ten Ring of Honor teams but then we had to whittle it down to tag team champions because there's been so many great tag teams as yeah. well but there was one match. Uh, Oh, one of the best matches from Ring of Honor on HDNet between the um, Young Bucks and the American Wolves from the American, well, yeah. sorry, from um, the um, ECW Arena, um, which was filmed for HDNet. That match was the best, probably one of the best tag matches I've ever seen. And the crowd, and people, people were saying before, like, oh, the HDNet crowd, they were dead quiet, you couldn't hear anything. This crowd were rabid and on their feet and were completely with the Young Bucks, and that was like five years before they even won the titles. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, their, their reigns were just all historic. They just faced everybody. They beat everybody. They just made the... They became the franchise of Ring of Honor before they went on to, you know, New Japan and to now AEW. You know, they're just complete one-off, the Young Bucks. Um, and you can see the influence of everybody in them. You know, the Hardys... The, uh, the Rock and Roll Express, yeah, they're, the they're, Rockers. Their they're mini feud of the Hardys was quite really fun in the early 2017. Yeah. It was. So, yeah, before the Hardys just appeared at WrestleMania. <laughs> 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 they just wrestled the Young Bucks the day before. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that, um, that ladder war as well, just crazy. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> they just... They're just an amazing tag team. And, you know, they did bring a lot more prestige to the titles. They helped them over in Japan as well because, obviously, they had the lot, the, the, uh, had the strong relationship with New Japan to the books as well as, you know, being part of the Bullet Club and became focal parts of that. So it did help, I think, a lot of that negotiation between the two companies. And I think it did help. Um, although I don't think they really defended the Ring of Honor title, tag titles in Japan. It, they did take them with them, I remember, like Red Dragon. Yeah. Um, so I think it did help them in the long run. Um, but just an incredible reign, incredible reigns, incredible tag team, charismatic, you know, just I mean, for a Ring of Honor team as well, the charisma and the character and the, you know, the excitement they brought and everything was another level as well. Um, it wasn't just all about the matches. They were just really, you know, the facial expressions in the matches and the selling and they were just, oh, they are you know, just one of a kind, basically. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think for me, this is the time when I was kind of uh, checked out of ROH, unfortunately. Um, because it's very difficult to watch. Uh, the last kind of shows I watched were um, on Go Fight Live. Yeah. Um, and this was before this. Um, Young Books are amazing. Um you know, I had, had a fantastic match with uh, Amiga and Abushi in uh, New Japan and stuff. So I can, yeah. I can only say work that's kind of happened there. So at ROH, I uh, heard great things about the tag title ladder match with the Hardy Boys. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I haven't really seen much of the rain, to be honest. I just know that they, they are... Uh, one of the best tag teams in the world and yeah. deserve that platform because, you know, when they were Generation Me in uh, TNA as well, um, untapped potential. 
Oh, yes. they were they were absolutely amazing. The feud with uh, Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. Um, as I, I said, Stephen off there when we were talking about tag teams, was like these have got to be in the top ten, and the you know the MCMGs, and he was like, no, we're talking about tag team champions. And I was yeah. like, wow. <laughs> um, so when, when I'm when I'm saying about the Finn roster of tag teams, when the Motor City Machine Guns, um, you know, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't have an ROH title run, maybe, um, tag title run, or can't be considered in the top 10 if they did. It tells you how good the, the tag teams have been in ROH history, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they did, they did have one, uh, late on. It was just very, very, it, it was back in 2017 and it was just kind of, it was a bit nondescript, really. It wasn't much to write home about. Um, it was a bit of a letdown, really, because they should have, it wasn't like the TNA reign where they, you know, had a load of great matches. It was kind of just under the radar and there, sadly, um, mm. which disappointed me because um, I feel that they should have had a strong reign. Um, and I think a lot of that, though, as well, um, was the fact that the the gun. I don't know about the. This is one of the things I would like to look into a lot more. But the whole sort of the. I'm doing this with the comments as well. Like while I'm saying, you can't see him, but like the click kind of thing where. The New Japan guys coming in and the like books and the Bullet Club and Cody and like people knowing other people and you know a lot of sort of um, monopolizing of matches and you know placement on the card and stuff. So I don't know if I'm definite about that. That's just a speculation I have due to what happened at a certain period in time. But it, it was a big disappointment that they did win them the motorship machine guns, but it wasn't a you, you couldn't put it in the top ten. Maybe the top 15 yeah. for that, you know, I think. Um, but that's because of their reputation as well as the title reigns, if that makes sense. So the matches they had outside of the title reign itself. Um, oh. But it is a shame. Yeah, I think it's just a shame that, obviously, um, ROH has, has changed so much over the you know, last 17 years. Uh, if if the most machine guns had been tag team champions in say 2005, we'd be talking about it tonight, wouldn't we? Definitely, um, without a doubt. I mean, you know, I think you, you look at Chris Saban and Alex Shelley and how their careers went after say, you know, 2000 and you could say from TNA like say 2009, and it wasn't really anything special. But you look at both of them in 2005. You know, Shelley in Ring of Honor was part of the embassy and you look at Chris Saban in TNA wrestling in those crazy X Division matches and those Ultimate X matches with that, you know, Pete Williams and AJ Styles and, you know, that, that crew. I mean, like, you'd have put them together at that point as a tag team and, you know, yeah. in Ring of Honor, they would have just been killing it every night and, you know, it, it's... They had good matches in Ring of Honor and they did do uh, one-shots here and there, you know, against tag teams, but they just never... Unfortunately, had that you know reign with the titles because I think that it just didn't ever come to be. Unfortunately, um, which is a shame. And I mean, like you know, the amount of teams when I mean, we were talking about the top five, but you know, this was a top ten list. But we, there's some honourable mentions which we may talk about later on. But um, you know, it was really hard to try and whittle the teams down because there are so many great tag teams yeah, in Ring of Honor. Um, you know, 
I think the really interesting thing is everyone was, when ROH was on HDNet and you was able to see it on YouTube and everything, everyone was crying out for a major national um, television company or entity to take on Ring of Honor. And now that it has, it's kind of dwindled the product, hasn't it? And it's, it's really it unfortunate because it was, ROH was, was the in thing. Um, you know. So number three uh-huh. is Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Um, they both enjoyed significant success as singles, but as a tag team, they truly excelled. So um, they held the titles three times. Um, the third reign lasted 322 days, which is the second longest in ROH history. And they have a combined reign of 672 days as tag team champions, which is the second most only behind some of you we may mention later. <laughs> oh, these two. Um, Kyle O'Reilly is one of my favourite wrestlers currently so. but again two guys who what, Red Dragon one of those thing, teams where there were two guys who were at first I thought oh they're just second rate American Wolves these guys what are they even you know this is a joke and then actually they surpassed the American Wolves because they're actually Bobby Fish has got one of the best characters I think um, for Ring of Honor and Kyle O'Reilly's just so talented at what he does he's such a great it's like he's David Richards but there's something else there a little extra little bit he loves the wrestling business you can tell that and he loves the history and the technique of wrestling it's not like David Richards where he doesn't seem like he gets disinterested or um, become bitter Um, and it was a learning experience for both of them and they both just clicked Mm. and they just again their matches were just they were, they, they surprised me because I never expected them to be as good as what they were and they are now I mean they're still together now as part of the Undisputed Era and everyone can enjoy the matches I mean it's, it's we've seen what they've done in NXT and they've been you know phenomenal to say the least but in Ring of Honor as well when they first started um, you know I you kind of thought oh well they'll have good matches against the Wolves because they've you know they've got affiliation with Eddie Edwards and David Richards but you know, they might get a good match here and there, but it might not last, you know. But every match, like the match they actually won the titles for the first time against the Briscoes at the 11th anniversary show was just, in Chicago, was just unreal. Like the stuff they were bringing out and the crowd were going crazy. They were so, um, they were just so, again, crisp. A, a lot like Austin Aries and Roderick Strong, that kind of um, hard-hitting, brutal technical style they're not big guys but they're strong guys and they you know they're technical guys and they know how to you know rule the ring and you know they they had such great matches against so many opponents like um you know there was the young bucks obviously we've just mentioned earlier there's the forever hooligans who were you know rocky romero and um alex kozlov um there was Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander, which surprised me because I never even expected them to have a good match against them, but they did, which was amazing. Um, you know, they had a great match against the Time Splitters as well, who were Alex Shelley and Kushida. You know, the the relationship they had with New Japan grew, so they became the Super Junior Tag Team Champions, and then they wrestled the Wrestle Kingdom, and they just outdid the. Um, they came out of the shadow of the American Wolves for the better, I think. And I think that was the thing what a lot of Ring of Honor fans at the time were thinking, including me, that they're just second rate American Wolves, when actually they're not. They're something completely different and they had a completely different spin on it and character and they just worked and they were just 
they're in WWE now and they're just you know cutting it you know they're just uh, cutting it up there as well they're just great you know I'm nothing negative to say about the Red Dragon I think they're just amazing tag team I think for me um, you said about Bobby Fish having character in Ring of Honor I think we haven't kind of seen that in uh, NXT and I can only kind of say about NXT in studio and stuff yeah I think I think Chris likes when uh, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, pretends he's got a guitar when he's like strumming his, uh, his belt and stuff. Yes, I love that. Um, that's that's pretty cool. And I think when it comes to wrestling, um, I, 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 like like I said, uh, this kind of ROH is uh, not what I've kind of witnessed. In all honesty, which is shame because I, I do really rate uh, Red Dragon and Undisputed Era. Um, Probably, probably the same tag team name, isn't it? Um, yeah. As as really talented, I mean, the match that they had against the Street Profits, the last takeover, shows that they can have a fantastic match with with any kind of wrestlers, and that's no uh, disrespect to the Street Profits. It's just you put us in the ring with anyone, and we'll have an amazing match. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know too much about history with with regards to ROH. Uh, that's why we've got Stephen on as the ROH expert, especially nowadays. Maybe in like 2002, I'd, I'd probably be able to say I'd, I was an expert with ROH. But um, yeah, I think they're a fantastic tag team. Um, I think they spawned from from Future Shock as well, did they? Uh, yeah. Stephen, that was yeah. Cole and O'Reilly, wasn't they? Yeah, they did. Um, so yeah, I, I think they're an amazing tag team, and then. Say about the New Japan link, uh, Carl O'Reilly and Adam Cole had a uh, ROH title match yeah. on uh, Wrestle Kingdom, if I'm right. So, yeah. um, that's when the New Japan link works, in all honesty. But then you look back at MSG, uh, um, and when people are saying that the New Japan aspect of the card was, you know, exponentially better than the ROH uh, part of the card. Just tells you that ROH just isn't what it used to be. No, no. Uh, um, and it's a damn shame because you know if if we say in 2002, in you know just under 17 years' time, you're going to be in Madison Square Garden. You know you you'd be looked at and be like, no, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to to actually be there and be told that you know the ROH part of the card was pretty poor is um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, honestly, because, you know, as independent wrestling fans, as professional wrestling fans in general, uh, we've, we'd live for our wages to be in Madison Square Garden. It's just kind of happened during the wrong era for me. Yeah. Um, you know, if this had happened with, like, Paul London and, you know, Xavier and Loki and Joe and AJ Styles and stuff, uh, they would have had a, you know, amazing... Um, you know, our wage side of the card, and if you had a uh, blended in New Japan with that as well, um, maybe a New Japan versus our wage with the 2002 or you know 2006 roster or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Well, probably from 2002 until about 2008 for me. Uh, yeah. About 2009, they started making really bad mistakes. Um, then, yeah, I think. 
uh, you know, when it comes to the Madison Square Garden show, no one would have said a word, uh, a bad word about it. But yeah. Because it's uh, the new ROH, and I'm not saying it's the roster, it's it's down to the booking decisions yeah. that I made, honestly, because the talent's there. And then the one major thing for me, and I know this is completely off topic and stuff, but if you're going to make a, a huge statement in the UK, which, you know, uh, tickets aren't selling that great for the shows in um, in October time, then the villain Mike Scroll needs to become the new ROH World Champion. Yeah. And then you'll get people talking. So uh, if they want to take any advice and they listen to this podcast, which they probably don't, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. then uh, Mike Scroll needs to become the champion of ROH in October time. Definitely. But um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that. You know, you've got TV deal, you've got a, a company with money behind you, and a lot of the people that loved ROH in the beginning uh, are kind of the naysayers then, unfortunately, I have to put myself in that category. And at number two, we have the King of Wrestling, so Claudio Castagnoli, Chris Hero, or to my son Joel, Cesaro and Cassius Ono. <laughs> so, uh, they, won, they won their first... <laughs> they won their first... Um, World Tag Team Championship in 2006, the throwing our number five pick, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong. Um, and the, uh, the Kings only held the title for a couple of months, but their second reign was historic. Castanoli and Harry defeated the Briscoes for the titles in 2010. They did hold it for 363 days, which remains the longest title reign in Norwich history. I think that's the one I saw in Glory Fight Life. Uh, in all honesty, I remember them having. Uh, a tag team match against the Briscoes. Uh, once again, this is the, the time frame, probably just after I'd stopped watching ROH. So, so I know that Hero uh, and Castagnoli both came in during the CZW feud. Um, for for Castagnoli, he had a fantastic match against El Generico in yeah. the race to the top tournament, I think. One of the best singles uh, so, in the ring of honor history, that. Yeah. So I've seen, I've seen a lot of the the singles aspects. Uh, I saw this Briscoes match. Hopefully, it's the one that you've just talked about, Chris, and that was fantastic. And I think they had a feud with the Briscoes over a number of uh, different shows with yeah. different stipulations and stuff. If I remember correctly, yeah, um, fantastic on their own, fantastic as a tag team, and to have the longest reign in longest tag team title reign in ROH history just goes to show you that you know how uh, how important they were to the success of the, the tag titles even if um, I unfortunately kind of stopped watching around that time I watched their entire I've seen every match yeah <laughs> defence I saw this very much like the Brian Danielson 2006 reign wow. just wanted to just watch everything because I did just caught my the zeitgeist and I just watched it I've watched all their defences with the belts watched everything when they won them when they lost them and it, it was just un, unbelievable I know I keep saying this all these adjectives but it wasn't un- I mean the first reign wasn't terrible. Like they had some decent matches in 2006, but they were finding their feet because they'd just joined the company, and it took them a few years then to come back. But when they did join forces again in 2009, going into 2010, because they reformed at Final Battle 2009, leading into 2010, 
it was a rain which just it needed to happen because it was the Briscoes were just treading water, so that was that was like they needed something fresh, and they just were unreal how good they were. The the quality of the matches, the innovate the innovative style, the charisma, um, the promos, just the the fact that they fought so many different teams and they had so many different matches. Uh, styles of matches against in so many different places and they were one of those teams as well or one of those times where they were heels but they were so good at what they did like the Midnight Express that people respected what they did and they actually got more fan support than what the the baby faces did they were that good uh-huh. and <clears throat> I mean like the amount of matches I'm so passionate about this rain like it's unreal <laughs> <laughs> but like absolutely just the only thing was was there was one match where there was the American Wolves against the the Kings of Wrestling, which should have been the match of the century, and it just turned out to be a massive forty minute ball fest, oh. which was just a disaster, damp squib. <laughs> but the matches against the Bristol. I think it's Steve. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I said they had a match against the American American Wolves, um, which should have been the match of the century, but it turned out to be just a damp squib, like it just was a forty minute snooze fest, like nothing actually happened it was just it was just a ball like the crowd were dead it was just I don't know I don't know if the Wolves were into it it was the it was the day before Final Battle 2010 as well so they were both going into huge matches so it wasn't really going to be anything special looking back but you expected something much better than what they delivered sadly um, but regardless of that one match which stands out everything else was just amazing um, the Briscoes the um, El Generico and Colt Cabana um, the uh, wrestling's greatest tag team Sean Benjamin and Charlie Hoss they had their first match against them in Ring of Honor yeah, um, the LAX came through for one match in Manhattan which was awesome uh, the Motor City Machine Guns faced them as well in Manhattan at Supercard of Honor 5 which was incredible as well that was awesome the Young Bucks just everybody everyone they faced it was just uh, amazing to watch Everyone wanted the piece of the Kings of Wrestling. <laughs> they did. They did. Um, you got to win this title, lads. Yeah, definitely. And they had the best double team I've ever seen, where they did the Claudio did the swing, the giant swing, and then Hero would come along and then he'd deliver a brutal drop kick while they were doing the spinning, which just looked absolutely brutal because there was no protection on the head no. at all oh. or very little <laughs> hero hit hard <laughs> so it was just like you know just odd it just made you jump like as in they made you jump out you see they were just doing so many creative things it was just awesome they really should reform the main WWation there I'm surprised, I'm surprised they haven't because yeah. uh, um, Cesaro said he wants to go do a couple of matches on NXT UK yeah there you go. If, if that happens, then I hope they do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so before we reveal our number one, I just want to mention that we have our very own website, www.glorious.com, where you can not only find our podcasts and interviews, but you can find all the latest news from WWE, AEW, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, MLW, Progress, and the rest of the bitches scene. Um, some of the bits you can find upon the site at the moment, we have an epic interview with Pearl... Phil River Powerhouse, Emma Johnson, and pa- Pablo's uh, just joined the team. That was part one. It's amazing and it's heartbreaking in places. He's talking about his his um, 
growing up and all his pre pre WWE jobs and stuff. It's heartbreaking. Um, how his dad treated him. Um, we had some announcements from the fight for the good fight show and Future Shock's 15th anniversary show results are all up on the website. So check it out. Breakablecorious.com. Hi, this is the Asian sensation Kanji, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Do you want, have you got any honourable mentions, you two, before we reveal number one? Steen and Jericho. Yes. Steen and Jericho are an honourable mention for me. Yeah. Um, their reign, unfortunately, as tag team champions, came at a time when Ring of Honor was in a bit of a lull in 2008, and Nigel's title reign, world title reign, sort of suffered the same thing, where it gets sort of lost in the ether, but... Mm-hmm. They're reign as tag team champions. Their actual win against the Age of the Fall, Tyler Black and uh, Jimmy Jacobs in yes. Boston was one of the best title wins in Ring of Honor history. It was the crowd went that nuts, and they had great matches before that as challengers. They were much better at the chase than they were actually winning the belts. Um, sadly, um, but yeah, I have to mention Steen and Jericho just because I love Steen and Jericho. Ole. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they indeed. Um, it's too bad that El, El Generico yeah. just disappeared off the face of the planet, isn't it? Well, he's gone to Tijuana to look after the orphans. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah so I completely agree with, with Stephen there. Uh, Steen and Generico are fantastic. I saw them at uh, Supercard of Honor in, in 2008, I think. And Steen kind of... Um, like telling Generico to tag him and like using trash talk to do it and stuff. It was, they were just like the stars of the show. Steen like really like jumped out at me then. I was like, wow, who's this guy? He's so funny, so sarcastic. And, and obviously as a tag team, they're just amazing. So I completely agree with you there. And then obviously, um, when it turned into a one-on-one feud as well, that they, yeah. they had some of the best matches in ROH history. Yeah. So, um, you know, it works in both instances for that. Um, for me, one of the ones that jump out for me is um, Second City Saints. Yeah. Uh, um, CM Punk and Colt Cabana with Ace Steel. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. fantastic tag team. Um, when Punk was, you know, feuding with Raven and Cabana finally joined him. Uh, he was, you know, was a good part of that feud. And then when they won the tag team titles, I believe in Chicago, the fans went crazy. Uh, the beat the Briscoes, I think. Um, that the, the fans went crazy. And that was, that was a really cool moment. Um, and then we got Wrestling's Grace tag team, uh, you know, my, one of my favorite tag teams in WWE history. Mm-hmm. I thought he transferred over quite well to Ring yeah. of Honor, to be honest, just as a, a good tag team that can deliver in the matches. Yeah. Uh, Age of Fall is one of the best uh, angles that they've ever done. Um, that was that, that was incredible when the Briscoes were, you know, bleeding like hogs, hung upside down. Yeah. Um, that, that kind of changed everything in ROH. Um, like, um, Seth Rollins where he debuted and became you know noticed by everyone as part of Age of the Fall as well and you know showed a completely different sort of for Ring of Honor anyway that kind of look and that sort of um, 
presentation of of wrestler which wasn't necessarily Ring of Honor's typical uh, you know sort of style and everything much more WWE style and look um, just became with Jimmy Jacobs who's obviously a lot more of the traditional kind of hardcore the original chic kind of hard hitting wrestler they both just come again complemented each other greatly and you know he was such a great um, they were such a great stable as well as being a great tag team and you know they had a great match um, from respect his honor earned two in the main event against Austin Aries and Brian Danielson, which was a great. That was in, I think that was in Chicago, if I'm right, or Philadelphia, one or the other. Um, that was a great match, like 25 minute match, um, in 2008, which I feel again is a forgotten year in terms of Ring of Honor's history. Um, so they, you know, had a. Again, if the time had been different, it probably would have been higher. But due to a lot of things, it, it sadly wasn't the best reign no. out of so many great reigns, sadly. I think in terms of Jacobs, Jacobson was, you know, in really early Ring of Savannah, was the Husk character, wasn't he? Yeah. And it was only when he kind of lost his mind in this, for his love of Lacey yeah. that he kind of turned into this. And it was just because if you... If you, t- if you take all of that and you've seen the character since 2002, maybe 2004, and he's all this huss, 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 and then he falls in love with Lacey, but she doesn't love him back. And then, um, you know, uh, he creates this age of the fall stable where she's a part of it then. And he's like anti-everything, ROH and what have you. It's just, just an amazing storyline. Um, and like you said, I think this was probably about the point where I kind of, uh, left Ring of Honor in terms of my fandom, um, but I remember this uh, is absolutely fantastic. And then the other honourable mention is a team that we've already talked about, the American Wolves. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to see their first match ever in Wolverhampton at wow. the uh, era of Independence, I think, or Independence Day. Either one of those. Uh, once again, that's, that's in my, uh, my 2008 book. Um, yeah, and they tag team for the very first time. I thought they were amazing. Um, Eddie Edwards being diehard Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards being somebody who just come through the pack in, you know, 2006, didn't they? Yeah. Um, and then when they, they started being a tag team, like I said, un- unfortunately, it's probably after the time when I, I wasn't, uh, you know, really a Ring of Honor fan. So 2009, I saw like the debut. I saw a lot of stuff they did in TNA Impact Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, but I probably got to throw this to you, Stephen, to talk about their their title reign and to say why they're yeah. uh, in the top ten, but not quite the top five. Yeah. Um. I think the thing what hurt the Wolves, uh, is kind of get the negative out of the way from the positive. But I think the thing what hurt the Wolves was just the promos and the actual character. In that they just lacked that, um, they had they had a lot of charisma when they were in the ring. They were, you know, unmatched in the ring technically. I mean, you know, in two thousand and nine, they were the best tag team in the world. But the actual character and the the actual sort of um, out of ring stuff was just looking back really, really poor. Sadly, um, it just didn't work. Um, and Eddie Edwards has come on so strong, like now is in TNA, he's just finally. I mean, I really like Eddie Edwards. I think Eddie Edwards is a really cool guy and a really great guy. Um, but, but, and I mean, a lot, 
a lot of people at that time were really critical of Eddie Edwards not being able to cut a promo, but I've got to be honest that David Richards don't cut a great promo either. <laughs> not worse. Um, In all honesty, it. though, Steve, you say that. Didn't people say way back when that Tyler Black couldn't uh, cut a promo? Yeah, well, that's the thing is that, you know, like, um, this is the problem with Ring of Honor where they want, you know, they want the cake and eat it. It's like, oh, you're amazing in the ring, but you can't cut promo. It's like, oh, you're great at promo, but you can't do it in the ring. It's like, you know, you can't one thing or the other. It's like, you know, you've got to, you know, take the rough with the smooth. And yeah, Tyler couldn't, I don't think Tyler slash Seth Rollins is a great promo guy overall still now. He's definitely improved. Um, but back then, uh, yeah, the Davey, I think that's what had hindered Davey and, uh, and Eddie. And also, I think at the time in 2009, they had a tendency to kind of their matches edged on the overkill in that we got the no selling, we got the um, the long drawn out kind of trying to be all Japan classics like um, you know and it it was they were great matches for the live crowds but watching them on tape is a different story and you just feel like it's a bit of a slog. But when we mentioned match that you said about. Probably the aforementioned match you said about the Kings of Wrestling. Yeah. If you if you're saying about the like trying to do a Japan style match. Yeah. And it not connecting. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, like they were trying to do it. If it was a different crowd and a different and a different place, then I think it would have been a lot better. But I feel that they just didn't. To me, in the top five they just didn't hit that extra little bit where they needed to connect. And I feel that they just didn't connect as well as they could have done. Um, I feel in TNA, they finally got a lot of the stuff right, what they didn't get right in Ring of Honor, thankfully. And they had some really awesome matches in TNA. Um, and both as singles and, tag, and as a tag team. Um, but I mean, in, in Ring of Honor, though, you know, in 2009, they brought a breath of fresh air, though, as well. I mean... You know, they had an awesome match against Steen Jericho in a, uh, to win the titles on HDNet, uh, which was a tables match, which was unique for Ring of Honor and something fresh. Um, they had an awesome match against um, Brian Danielson and Tyler Black on a lot of the mat on HDNet. A lot of the matches, what were really good, were on HDNet because they were actually yeah. able to be cut down. They were able to be um, sort of um, re- um, reeled in. I think when they went to the live shows, because they were given a bit more freedom, that's when you got into the sort of the 30 minute, the 45 minute matches where they just, it's a very hard thing to, to do that if you're not able to get that, you're not at that next level um, of tag team, like some of the other teams we've talked about. Um, but the HD Net stuff. I think you're saying at this point, though, Steve, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. Um, I, I think I kind of got off on. Uh, in terms of my Ring of Honor fandom after the HD net. So, yeah. but if, if they were tag team champions in 2009, so they were kind of in their infancy. Yeah. They've, they've got to kind of learn to be really good tag team champions. You've got to do that on the fly. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe we're being a bit harsh on them. But maybe. Understandably, not, not in the top five because we've eulogized about the people that are, but. Obviously, a really good tag team did really well elsewhere, and yeah. maybe just just didn't get that connection in, in Ring of Honor to uh, warrant top five inclusion. Yeah, so we move yeah, on to number that, one. Definitely. Yeah. Right. <coughs> so our number one here. No disrespect to the other teams on the list, but there's 
no doubt who was going to be number one. <laughs> so, so our number one is Jay and Mark Briscoe, the Briscoes, who had, have been the standard bearer in ROH tag team wrestling for like 17 years. Um, they're 11-time tag team champions. They've held the belts combined 11, over 1,100 days plus, because the champions now. So that's going to keep going on and on and on. So, so. <laughs> no doubt the, the Briscoes are ROH OGs, is there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been there since the company began uh, in singles matches. Uh, Mark couldn't wrestle because he was too young in uh, 2002. Um, and in, uh, in Philadelphia, at least. And then they had a fantastic match. Honor invades Boston because uh, it was Boston Mark and he could wrestle. Um, and then, yeah. Uh, I think Jay had a motorcycle accident, maybe. And then when they came back from that, that's when they started tagging. And like I said, the aforementioned match against uh, Aries and Strong, uh, when they won the tag titles, was amazing. Yeah. I was also at the uh, Liverpool shows in 2007 when they went up against a couple of Dragon Gate guys, I think. Uh, die. Yeah, Shingo and the Rookie Doi, yeah, and that was that was an incredible match. I love that match. Um, and yeah, just you know, you put them in the in the ring as tag team, um, and they they're just incredible. They can have amazing matches, and they've obviously uh, stood the test of time. I mean, they can't go to the WWE because they're not cosmetically pleasing. Um, <laughs> apart from that, they. You know, they are the greatest uh, tag team uh, in ROH history and the greatest tag team champions in ROH history. To... Um, just to add into that, just that, you know, the 2007 reign, which was mentioned, was, again, a lot like the Brian Danielson world title reign, just one of those things where it just the magic, all the stars aligned and just their feud with Steen and Generico was by far the greatest tag team feud I've, I've ever witnessed. Um it was a feud what was just incredible. Every match was just better than the last. Um, the crowds were molten hot for them. Uh, the ladder war was something else. The, just, just like, if you want to see how a ladder match has ever looked, the evolution of a ladder match from Razor Ramon and Scott, uh, sorry, and Shawn Michaels, you see the ladder war from 2007. It's just like, no, it never been topped. Never will be topped, sadly. It's just one of those things where it just worked. And they're real life brothers. They just have that natural chemistry. They're, you know, a ring of honour, Hall of Famers, without doubt. And, you know, there was no other team what was going to be number one. It was always going to be a one horse race for the Briscoes, always. Um, and they deserve to be number one because they, they love, I can tell, they love Ring of Honour and it's where they made the name. And, you know, yeah, number one, the Briscoe brothers. Definitely. <laughs> well, I thought it was a great list. So, so um, yeah, huge thanks for joining us, Steve. Um, That's great, thank you. Do you want to promote anything before we go? Yeah, just um, if you want to follow me on uh, Twitter with some uh, see my wrestling chat, then you can find me at steej215 and uh, my own podcast um, with my co-host Aaron is available at Brit Wrestle Chat, so um, you can find that on Twitter as well. And uh, finally, I'm part of the uh, Wrestling Estate, um, uh, 
where I write um, journal art, sorry, journalistic articles and contribute to our regular roundtables. So you can find that on Twitter as well at, at wrestling wrestling est est. So uh, so yeah, it's great. It's been another great chat, and uh, thank you again for having me. Uh, Oliver, do you want to promote your books? Yeah, I can do. Um, it's my first book is a British wrestling book. Uh, covers the time period of two thousand one to two thousand seven, and that's called A Fan's Perspective: One Man's Exploration of British Wrestling. Um, my second book is a WWE-based book uh, covering two thousand sixteen Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT, any network specials as well. Uh, and my third book is The Fan's Perspective, How My Lifelong Dream Became a Nightmare, which covers the before, during and aftermath of my uh, lifelong dream, WrestleMania 24. Um, I meet my childhood hero, Brett the Hitman Hart. I fantasy book Paul London to the main event. And I uh, look at the women's wrestling evolution, revolution that we're living through in uh, 2019 and see uh, where that's kind of began and also uh, give my thoughts and, and feelings on a few of the top uh, wrestling matches of that year and they're available on paperback and kindle on amazon or you can get them signed at a, a cheaper price uh, half price on the amazon uh, price uh, and that's a fan's perspective dot bigcartel.com um, and if you want it on Kindle, that's available on Amazon. And if you've got Kindle Limited, you can read the books for free. And I get paid per page as you read in the first sitting. Amazing. And we also. And in, oh, sorry. sorry, and in terms of my uh, social media stuff, if I can be allowed, um, twitter.com forward slash Bromiel, uh, instagram.com uh, forward slash Bromiel. And my Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash fans perspective UK. Nice. We also have a partnership with powerslam.tv where you can get months free access to over 140 promotions in over 20 countries, contributing over 6,000 hours of content, including podcast favorites, Riptide and North Wrestling, as well as Progress, Evolve, PWX, Shine, and dozens of others. By using the promo code Broken Free. Um, we have plenty of interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks. So we've got Kanji this Friday, got Paradox's Connor Coil on next week. Um, next week's show is going to be fun. We've got two of the finest Brit Rest stars in Shreddy Breck and Benji are coming on. We're going to, we're going to discuss the state of Fisher Wrestling at the moment, plus, we're going to discuss of what, what fictional characters would make good wrestlers. So that's going to be a fun, fun interview. And then We've got part two of Pablo's epic interview with Phil, River, Powerhouse, and Johnson. I'm looking forward to part two. Um, so if you enjoy our show, follow us on Twitter, BBCW Pod, and check out our website, com. Good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. <laughs>